good Sunday morning. Welcome to another edition of Sideline Junkies Sunday Rise NFL Show. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG. Coming through with news, notes, picks, uh, everything NFL-wise that you could think of. Be joined by the boss BJ in a very few minutes. Uh, this has been a total um crazy week. We had a game Monday, Tuesday. I'm sorry, Monday and and Wednesday. And then this week we got games on Monday and Tuesday. Two games on Monday. My Washington football team plays the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers, and they are possibly heavily favored. I haven't even looked at it yet, but this is a true litmus test of the Washington football team. And I'm going to say it now. I'll say it when BJ joins me. Washington is going to beat Pittsburgh. Write it down. Take a picture. I don't give a damn. Mark my words. Washington will beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is depleted. They're injured. Uh, Not only that, they are also tired. No matter how you slice it, they are uh, hurting. All the games that they've played that in a short amount of time to lay off. And then you just played on Wednesday. Then you got to come back and play on Monday. You didn't even have a week off. So the prep time, it's not there. Washington will beat Dallas. That's it. That's all. I said it. What you going to do about it? So I'm just saying. But we got a lot of games to get into today. Uh, That's not, I mean, that's my game of the week. That's the game I have circled on my calendar. And not a soul in the world is going to change my mind on who's going to win this game. Uh, But as far as the games we got on on deck today, Saints-Falcons look like it's going to be a good one. Uh, I think the Falcons are, what, 4-2 since they fired their head coach. Uh, Titans-Browns going to be a good one. Lions-Bears might actually be a good one now that Matt Patricia's been fired. Um, Texans-Colts. Divisional game should be good. If the Raiders don't mollywop the Jets today, I'm going to be pissed. Uh, Rams Cardinals going to be good. And we're joined by the boss, BJ. Yeah, my bad, man. I has, I'm having some technical difficulties this morning. Um, I was setting up on a computer, and I can't join. I don't know why, because I remember doing the live show uh, from the computer one time, so I don't know what, what's going on all of a sudden. Uh-oh. But I'm on the phone. I got a computer in front of me. I've been listening to you talk. NFL week number 13, Sunday Rise. What's going on this morning, brother? Nothing much, man. Just I, I put out my proclamation. I said I was going to say it again when you got on. The Washington football team. This is the game I got circled on my calendar. The Washington football team will beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, the undefeated Pittsburgh mm. Steelers. Mm. on Monday at mm. 5 p.m. The Steelers are tired. They're hurt. Short pre- preparation week. Washington has had off since Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving was a week and three days ago. Yeah. So, and Ron Rivera is, is, has done something here in D.C. And I know we don't talk about our teams until last, but Ron Rivera has done something with our teams that hasn't been done since Shanahan. And that's preparation and changing on the fly. 
So I, I'm not going I'm not even going to really argue with you against that because you know Pittsburgh Pittsburgh does look I, it's it's looked like they're tired of they're tired of being undefeated. They're tired they're tired of that pressure every week. Like you said, they're getting nicked up, hurt. Um, you know, they they probably play better football once they lose a game. Um, because you you guys got them tomorrow, I believe Buffalo is the next game. Buffalo eight fifteen uh, tomorrow night at, at the forty ers which is going to be in Arizona. No, no, I'm talking about Buffalo plays Pittsburgh next. Oh yeah, 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 that is true. Yeah, that, so that is true. Yeah, so you know, on top of what you just said, then they got Buffalo next, and Buffalo plays the forty ers tomorrow night, and they're one point underdogs, which I don't really understand. But um, yeah. Um, very interesting what you said. And like I said, I can't really even go against that because it's uh yeah, it's 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 true. And you know, we know Washington has a, a really nice, you know, front seven defense. Um I believe uh yeah, I hey man. I'm I'm just sitting here thinking and everything is calculating in my head. I, it wouldn't surprise me. You know something, brother? I'm I'm not trying to be funny, but uh, this is a game that I've been looking forward to since you know Pittsburgh went on their run, and I I said it two weeks ago. I said that if Pittsburgh beats Baltimore, Washington wins their two games in a week, which was last week. They beat Cincinnati Sunday, beat Dallas on Thursday. I said they're rolling on a two-game win streak. They're trying to make a move in the NFC lease to actually host a playoff game and win, you know, possibly at home. Mm-hmm. So you got to make those moves. This is the time to make those moves. Everybody's hurt. We're getting guys back off of injury. Bless you. I couldn't get to the, I, so- I couldn't get to the mute button. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So that that that's just a that's just my initial thought there. I, I think that's and it's not because oh well we beat Cincinnati, we beat Dallas. Dallas and Cincinnati, Cincinnati without uh uh uh, uh Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, and Dallas without that haven't bust the damn great all season. So that doesn't merely mean nothing. That's why I say this is the litmus test. This is going to say. Where's this season going? And I've been asking that the last five weeks. Where's this season going? Yeah, yeah. And 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 the other thing is, we talked about. Remember, a couple of weeks ago, we said now that Alex Smith is starting, he needs a couple of weeks to get acclimated, to get some rhythm, to get back in football. You know, I know he's you know he's he's been healthy quote-unquote, this season, but he still needs to get back in football shape. It's a it's a whole bunch of um, other things Alex Smith is going through, but and, it, and he looks like he's, you know, trying to get back to Alex Smith football, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, you, it's <laughs> – so with, with everything – like I said, I'd rather be shaky in the beginning, the first quarter of the season, and then have all that gel together after week eight, after week 10, week 12, you're starting to gel together. You understand your football team and you know what you can do, what you can't do. You know what your strengths are. You know what you're weak on. And when you have a good coach, and I, I say, I, I've been saying this since they hired him, Riverboat Ron, great coach, great strategizer. When you have somebody that understands what, you, what their weaknesses are, you could kind of try to use that against the other team. Like, we, we know what we're weak at. We're going to try to bait you into doing it and see if we can get you in a position where we want to get you instead of you dictating our weak points, if that makes sense to you, know, to you guys, what I'm saying. So, yes, um, it's going to be a very interesting game, very interesting game. Um, I'm more than likely I'll be at work, but I'll probably fire it up on my phone to watch it. So uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to debate. If I'm gonna be up to watch the 49ers and the Bills game, if I'm gonna sacrifice 
the sleep needed to watch that game, uh, I may, I may, I may. I'm not sure yet. Well, let me say this. Alex Smith, as a Washington football team starter, is eight and four. That's his record as a Washington football team starter. Remember, he was six and three when he went down with his leg injury in 2018. Mm-hmm. He came in as a starter this year, lost the first game. He's won two games in a row. He's eight, I'm sorry, eight and four as a starter. You can't argue with that. And I was really scared to have him back. But now looking at him and watching him play, and I'm like, he actually having fun out there. Okay, all right, okay. And to see Dwayne Haskins, when he fell down, Dwayne Haskins rushed over there to pick him up and was like, I got your back, 11. I love it. That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. It shows you you that he may be learning, maybe getting it a little bit. That and that's and that's all you want because one the the main basis for him being benched is you know the veterans and and Ron felt like he wasn't getting it. he wasn't he wasn't the team he wasn't uh, you know it was about self so when you see that you know he could be easily you got to give him credit for it because he could be easily sitting on the bench pouting uh, fuck that you know uh, you know somebody else can get Alex up but he ran to him to get him up like look you know. I understand what I – it's kind of like, look, I'm understanding what I did wrong, what I shouldn't have did. I got I to gotta get myself back because, you know, we keep saying, like, look, Alex Smith, a really, you know, decent starting quarterback. You know what he can do. You know what he can't do. Um, but the arm, big plays, you're looking for Dwayne Haskins. Now, whether they can coach him up and, you know, that's that's another side of it. But Dwayne has to get, a, you know, of course, his attitude and everything else in, in check. So, Yo, that's true. It's all about the attitude. <laughs> um, We go around the league real quick. Uh, Tungo Vialoa for the uh, Dolphins is slated to start today. Um, what do you think about that situation, KG? Like they they go they keep going back and forth. If if I'm Miami, if you're gonna start Tungo Vialoa, I just want him to start. Like not don't go back and forth. He has a he has a slow quarter, slow half. Like he's a rookie, you know. But just like I said with Alex, Alex Smith a minute ago, you got to give him a minute to get a rhythm. You know, it, you know. Put him in the first game, you're running off adrenaline and you know, this, that, and the other. Now you gotta give him a chance to settle in. You know, teams getting used to him, teams showing different looks and stuff. You gotta why why the back and forth? Well, you know, when when you don't have a, a rookie such as a Justin Herbert, uh Joe Burrow before he got hurt, um, even Daniel Jones, you know, those guys could start. And but I don't think they really had much much uh much confidence in, in, in Tua because if that was the case he would have started out the gate over Ryan Fitzpatrick. But they done they, they were talking about, you know, let's start him for a little bit and then next year we'll get ourselves another quarterback. Yeah. I just I, I don't I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I let you know, unless I'm missing something. I, I thought when they pulled him the first time, it was just you know when, when once um I know Fitzpatrick was healthy, and I know once they put pulled two of the last time a week or so ago, he was healthy. They just wanted Fitzpatrick. So I mean, you got two capable quarterbacks, but at the same time, it's like pick one, stick to one, get a game plan for one. You know, this back and forth because each player plays different. You know, every time one of the other comes in, it's, it's an adjustment. So, um, it's it's, it's kind of. Uh, I mean, look, I, I like. I I don't mind the Dolphins struggling. Like, if the Bengals can beat them today, which I doubt, but you know, if they could beat them today, that would be great because I think they're still only one game behind Buffalo for the AFC East lead. Yes, they are one game behind Buffalo. So. Um, Let's go to um, – let's talk about something. We, I think we touched on this subject a little bit. 
let's go about how the NFL handled the Ravens COVID situation versus how they handled Denver. I thought that the league absolutely dropped the ball when it came to how they handled the Ravens basically giving them a get out of jail free card a couple times, moving the game, shifting the game, moving it to this day, that day. Um, when I believe they were at fault for the, the COVID outbreak. Um, Denver, on the other hand, was missing all three quarterbacks. And, and you know, I think they were at fault to um, not wearing masks or whatnot. But Denver got nothing. Denver got nothing. Denver went into their game with a wide receiver at quarterback that completed one pass for 13 yards, I believe. Um, at the, the whole time of the, the Ravens outbreak, they had a, a capable, you know, starter in the league which was RG3. So, you know, I just don't understand why it kept getting moved. Like, test your people. Whoever has COVID gets placed on the COVID protocol, and then you run with what you got. That's basically what they told Denver. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And the thing is, Denver had a plan, so they didn't have to go in with a novice at quarterback. This cat, granted, he was a quarterback, uh, in college, but he wouldn't have to, he would have still been receiving. He didn't have any first team reps. He didn't have any starter reps. He didn't have any reps, second team, third team. He was a scout team quarterback and receiver. They had a coach on the sideline that they petitioned to put him in at quarterback for that one game because he knew the offense. He knew how it's supposed to be ran. The NFL said, no, we don't want y'all stashing players on the, the coaching staff, but here's the thing. This is a special circumstance. Yes, it is. So you yes, basically said, you know, go ahead, little lamb, walk into the lion's den and figure out what you're going to do. You know, you'll be all right. You'll be fine. Here, take this. And they gave him a tweet to fight lions. And the Saints beat their ass. I don't get it. I, I, but they pandered to the Ravens. And I guess because I think that had more to do with the Steelers than the Ravens because the Steelers have been through a lot this year. They haven't, I don't think the Steelers have had a positive COVID test, have they? Not to, not, not off, off the top of my head. If they did, I, it's, it's, it's been uh, only a handful, but I, I haven't heard of, haven't had a, a I've seen a Steelers outbreak. Nothing like, you know, Baltimore, the Titans, right. you know, Denver, you know. But, no, I don't think so. Now, the Steelers, that Titans outbreak kind of messed them up because I think they lost their bye week. Mm, yes. And they, their bye week had got switched around and everything. And, you know, a lot of guys do a lot of things on bye week. Some guys go get married. Some guys, uh, you know, spend time with family. Things like that. So it messed all of that up. So I think that was more, it, it, it was, I'll say 25% for the Steelers, but 75% for the Ravens. And mm-hmm. it still didn't work out for the Ravens because RG3 played horrible. Did he? But here's the thing. And <laughs> RG3 was 7 of 12, 33 yards, and an interception. Uh, Trace McSorley, who your nephew Xavier loves Trace McSorley because he's seen a video of this dude just dropping dimes in a, in a preseason game. So now <laughs> he, he wants to play as the Ravens in the franchise and start Trace McSorley. Oh, my God. I said, dude, that's just – it's a highlight video. It's no lowlights. <laughs> oh, man. He was 2 of 6, 77 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, RG3 had seven carries, 68 yards. So, I mean, almost only counts in horseshoes, but damn it, it almost almost counts here too because they almost beat Pittsburgh. If they could have mustered up a little bit more offense, they could have beat Pittsburgh. But the NFL kind of sort of gift-wrapped it. It's like gift-wrapped in a fine piece of china, and you open it, and you fumble it, and you drop it. That's what the Ravens did Wednesday night. They fumbled that 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 piece of China. 
Well, um, let's see. Moving on to our next topic. Let me let me ask you a question. We know why Doug Peterson is on a hot seat, you know, and for me, it's it's an underperforming car somewhere. So we kind of understand what's going on in Philadelphia. You know, we understand why Adam Gase is on the hot seat. I kind of understand why he hasn't been fired because the Jets are tanking. They're trying to get Trevor Lawrence number one in the draft. They don't care if they win a game. They're, they're trying to get Trevor Lawrence. I understand that now because Adam Gase should have been fired. Um, but KG, why in the hell is Anthony Lynn, the head coach for the Chargers, on the hot seat? Why is he on the hot seat? I beg your pardon. I have a report that says Anthony Lynn is among the coaches on the hot seat, along with Doug Peterson. And I'm, I, I just had the same reaction as you. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what were the Chargers' expectations for this season because I know we always say we, we'll say this it's a whole nother podcast, but we're gonna talk about this shit today because the same thing is a pattern in the NFL, and the same thing is happening right now. That happened to Steve Wilkes. That happened to Jim Carwell. That happened to a, a number of other coaches. So please tell me why you think Anthony Lynn would be on the hot seat. Well, that's a good guy, daggone question because he, I mean, <clears throat> damn, what the hell would you do if he started to Rod Taylor? Because they would be worse off, I think, but they're actually competitive with a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. I I can't even tell you why that that's crazy. I can't even tell you why he's on the hot seat. I mean, yes, they're three and eight. Yes, they, yes, they're three and eight. But three and eight does not equal uh, a bad season when you're coming out of the gate with young guys and. Uh, I, I I don't know. Three and eight with a rookie quarterback. Three and eight with a just 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 think about this for a second. Three and eight with a rookie quarterback that is actually really good. Has real you can see you can see that they made a really good pick, and for them having to start Justin Herbert because Tyrod Taylor had the punctured line and was injured, end up working out for them because now they see that the rookie they drafted is ready to go and they got they have something but with that being said i just cannot understand why anthony lynn which is the chargers head coach is on a hot seat they're three and eight like hey you said they're a competitive three and eight you know they they tasseled with my team the other week buffalo you know they gave them problems you know this isn't like we're talking they're a complete debacle and Los Angeles. So I, I just don't understand for the life of me. They have the third offense, third ranked offense in the league, the 11th ranked defense, third passing, 11th rushing. Like this team is basically, they, they have to learn how to win. You, they have a rookie quarterback that has to learn how to win. And you're basically setting it up, and I'm going to say it right now another black head coach. You're basically gonna, you know, you know, gonna can him and hand the team to somebody else, which is probably gonna be a white coach, and this team is gonna be ready to win out the gate next year. This team is gonna have their franchise quarterback. They, you already see. I just read to you. I'm gonna read it to you again. Third in offense. This is the league rankings, not the AFC West rankings. Third in offense. Eleventh in defense third pass and 11th rushing. You're setting somebody up next year, whoever has this team, with a, 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 a rocket out the gate. And we see it time and time, time and time again. Hey, Junior. Hey. We've seen it time and time again where black head coaches get the shaft, get the short end of the stick when a team is on the up and coming. It happens in the NBA. Zion Alvin Gentry just got fired. They just drafted Zion Williamson. He was hurt most of the season. They fired Alvin Gentry. Why? You didn't even give him a chance 
to work with the phenom Zion Williamson. They didn't give him a chance. But this happens all the time. So when I saw his name this morning, I'm just like, why in the hell is this man? Like you can you can see the team is on the the break, the 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 cusp of of winning, turning it and winning. Every team has to learn how to win. So I, I, it's just frustrating, man. Seeing his name pop up on this list, list is absolutely frustrating, and it, it it shouldn't be. I just I just don't understand it. You, you know, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I'm looking at Anthony Lynn's overall record. Um, now last year for the Chargers was just a bad year. It was a bad year all the way around. They dealt with a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if I'm not mistaken. What Mel- Melvin Gordon was still with the Chargers last year. He had the, the screw that bent in his in his foot and things like that. So they didn't have everybody. They were five and eleven. But think about this: the year before that, they were twelve and four. Yep. So you 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 have a bad season because of injuries. Now you have a bad season because you're dealing with rookies, and you want to fire this man. I I, I can't understand it, but. Matt Patricia held on to his job longer than he should have had. Thank you. And nobody wants to talk about that, though. Thank you. He he fired after Thanksgiving, but he still held on to a damn job longer than he should have. Way longer than he should have. They fired a coach. I believe Jim Jim Caldwell had a winning record when they they fired him. I mean, an overall winning record, right? Did he? You say what? One more time. Jim Caldwell, when they fired Jim Caldwell over his his seasons there, didn't he have an overall winning record? Yeah, he didn't lose more than yeah. seven games in any season. And three but seasons they, he was there, he made the playoffs twice. But they let this nonsense go on, and this man is stinking up the joint. So, yeah, I usually – we don't get into depth with that, but it's it's just painfully obvious. Like, I, I want to see who they, they gave the – they gave the Cardinals job to uh, Kingsbury, landed Kyler Murray, and, you know, like, I mean, to be honest, let me see here. Where are the Cardinals at? Do the Card- They're 6-5, and five, and they've lost a couple of games. I mean, why, his, why isn't he on the hot seat? Mm. Why, isn't, why isn't, why, why isn't uh, the, the Giants – I forgot who the Giants co- uh, coach is. Why isn't he on the hot seat? Because why he's a rookie is, coach. Why isn't Dan Quinn on the hot seat for Atlanta? Well, they, Dan Quinn got fired. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm looking at teams. Um, let's see. Wichicom got fired, Detroit. I'm trying to I'm trying to find another team that you're trying to figure out, okay, uh Doug Marone got fired at Jacksonville, right? Uh no, no, I think the GM got fired. The GM got fired. So Doug Marone is another one. They're one in ten. But they, uh, they they tanking too. Minnesota underperformed this year. We already talked about Adam Gase. And then, I mean, let's put John Gruden's name up there because they signed John Gruden to this huge ass contract. And here Vegas is sitting six and five. Probably not gonna make the playoffs. But no one's talking about, you know, things like that. Like like that, you know, when you put Anthony Lynn's name up there. You need to put some other names out there too. That's underperforming. Yeah. You know? But now think about this. Uh everybody thinks Doug Peterson is, you know, the second coming. I I, I said it before. I said once Frank Wright leaves, that's it. Frank Wright got the job in Indianapolis. And he he's been working with spare parts and making it work mm-hmm. you know he, he he's building something he's truly building something he's like a mad scientist over there but what have the eagles done since frank reich has been gone frank reich was your brainchild yeah i think i think definitely frank Wright is definitely uh underrated when he, it comes to coaching he is dr frankenstein because he took nick Foles. He turned Nick Foles into a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And everybody say, well, they wouldn't have never got there without Wentz. Wentz gets hurt nearly every year. Every and when he doesn't get hurt, he underperforms. Yep. Nick Foles 
you had to if if Wentz would have been healthy that whole year, they wouldn't have won the Super Bowl. Exactly. Because nobody was ready for Nick Foles. And Nick Foles, they casted Nick Foles off two times. Mm-hmm. You casted him off, he came back. He won you a Super Bowl, you casted him off again. Yep. <sighs> Speaking of Frank Wright, they're talking about uh, Philip Rivers likely needs foot surgery after the season. So That means he's coming back next year? Um... It says to repair a plant plantar plate rupture. Hmm. So that means he's playing hurt, like always. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that ain't nothing new with Philip Rivers. He's playing hurt, like always. Uh, I'm trying to find the Colts. That dude's a cyborg, man. Yeah, he's he's nice, man. The Colts, they must not play this week. Oh, yes, they do. They play Houston. The Colts are sitting at 7-4. So, um, yeah. And uh, Lamar Jackson is uh, – Expected to be activated off the uh, COVID reserve list and start versus the Cowboys. How uh, how convenient is that? Mm. How convenient is that? I want to go through. Um, I have to find it again. I had it up. But I want, okay, let's go through the power rankings. Let's see. Let's do top ten. I'll read. It. I'm reading from uh, NFL.com. One Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the number two Pittsburgh Steelers at eleven and zero. Kansas City is ten and one. Number three New Orleans Saints at nine and two. We got number four the Green Bay Packers at eight and three. Number five the Seattle Seahawks at eight and three. The Tennessee Titans come in at number six at eight and three. The Buffalo Bills, number seven, eight and three. The Los Angeles Rams, after they took that loss to San Francisco last week, uh, seven and four. They're coming in number eight. The Bucks are number nine at seven and five. And to round out the top ten, the Colts at seven and four. Um, is there any team in that top ten ranking that you disagree with being in there? No. I'm going to tell you a team that I don't think should be in there, and I'm a, I'm surprised you didn't say anything. One, I don't think the Tampa Bay Bucks should be number nine. They should be in the top ten. But I'll tell you who I think should be in the top. I don't think the Rams should be in the top ten. Well, yeah, you you right about the Rams. I give you the Bucks. I think the Bucks should be in the top ten. I don't think they should be nine. I think they should actually be ten because they they can move the rock. They can. I mean, power rankings. They just it's not translating to wins. Right. But LA, Jared Goff has a power outage. And that shit is crazy. I, I don't I don't know why the hell he has such a power outage like that. Because uh it's crazy. As good as he is, it's like he can't get it done in big games. And I don't know why. I'm gonna tell you who should be, who I would replace. I would take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out, and I would put the Cleveland, the eight and three Cleveland Browns in the NFL power rankings, are sitting at thirteen, behind number twelve, the six and five Baltimore Ravens, behind number eleven, the six and five Las Vegas Raiders. It's no way. It's no way. There's no way these two teams, and Bucks, the Bucks have the nerve to be number nine. It's no way. The Bucks for me come out of the top ten. Um, I would probably put the Colts in front of the Rams. So I would put the Colts number eight. I would probably put Cleveland nine, and then I would keep. Hold on, hold on. Let's see. I put the Rams at number ten. Switch it around a little bit. I don't know how. That's <laughs> like the ultimate disrespect to Cleveland. The, the Ravens are sitting at six and five, but yet they're ahead of them in the rankings. And I know they they beat them this year, but. Uh, yeah, that, it don't matter. The Dolphins are seven and four. They sitting at fifteenth. So yeah, the power rankings. You know, the top fifteen need from fifteen to seven needs some work. We definitely need some some rearranging. So, um, KG, let's go into quickly. Uh, let's let's talk about the uh, 
a couple of games real quick, and then we'll get into our teams. What what game do you have as a marquee game for today? Uh, unfortunately, not even unfortunately, but uh, this is this is crazy. Don't 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 trip off this one. The Saints in Atlanta. Oh, God. It's, I actually have that as a good – that's going to be a good game because you got Taysom Hill starting. You got uh, a new Atlanta team. You know, this is not Dan Quinn's team. This is just a, a new team, period. I also have the Browns and Titans. As I think that's going to be game of the week. Um, I'm looking forward to Lions-Bears. Uh, Colts, Texans, um, Rams, Cardinals at four five, and of course the two Monday night games. I, I'm 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 interested in those. I'm kind of going to peek at that Tuesday night game, but for the most part, my two top games are uh, Saints, Falcons, Browns, Titans. All right, let's talk about let's talk about probably the more marquee game, and then we'll get into our teams, and then we'll hang it up. Um, if Cle- Cleveland at Tennessee one o'clock game, if Cleveland wants to be considered a player, if they want to you know be taken seriously, like this is a game they have to go in and win. So with that being said, I'm trying to find the Browns at the Tennessee Titans. The over-under for the game is 53 points, and the Tennessee Titans are favored by five and a half. Um, let's see. Um, as far as league rankings, points per game, Cleveland comes at an 18th. Tennessee is fifth at 29 and a half a game. Uh, points allowed, teams are even at 26 and 25.9, respectively. 20, 20th for the Titans, 21st for the Cleveland Browns. Total yards per game, uh, Tennessee eighth at 385.2, and the uh, Browns are 18th at 355.7. Uh, here's where, you know, gets a little interesting. Uh, passing yards per game, the Browns are 30th, 194.4, and the Titans are 22nd at 227. Rushing yards, here's, here's, here's another interesting stat. The Browns come in number one, 161.4 game. The Tennessee Titans are number two at 158.2. Yards allowed, uh, the Browns are 17th at 354.9. And the Titans are 25th at 384.1. Uh, turnover differential, the Browns are six plus five. And the Titans are number two at plus 11. KG, talk to me. This game... Who you got going with this game as far as uh, are you taking the points over 53, under 53, and then you got the Titans winning? And if so, are they going to cover that five and a half or is Cleveland going to come? I'm going under with Tennessee, and Tennessee okay. will cover that five and a half. So give me Tennessee, Tennessee, 23, Titans, 17. I'm I'm following suit with you because I if if you're gonna you know we're talking about two you know number one number two ground teams in the league, um, I just think Tennessee has more power, especially with King Henry in the backfield. That's it's just a battering ram. It's going to probably wait, wear cleat. Wait, don't don't sleep on Nick Chubb. Oh, absolutely not. No, 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 absolutely not. But we're talking about King Henry on the other side, and they and the Browns do have a a really good you know one two punch. With uh, Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt, absolutely. I'm not downplaying them at all. I'm just saying I think at the end of the day, when it comes to crunch time, I think Tennessee is built a little bit better as far as defensively and offensively running a ball uh, than Cleveland is. So I'm going to take Tennessee. I'm going to say because these are two running teams, I'm going to say under the 53 and a half, and I'm going to go um, – 24-17 Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, we got to knock our two teams out, and then we got to get out of here. So um, but you, we talked about Washington-Pittsburgh a little bit. I'm going to give my thoughts on the Washington-Pittsburgh game. I'm going to read off um, the stats for that game. 
Uh, the over under is 42 and a half. So are you going, you know, when I say over under for people that don't understand, this is the point spread. Uh, this is Vegas. So when they say over under 42 points, are you betting that this, this game is going to be above 42 and a half or below 42 and a half? So for you to win, this, this game will have to be over, it had to be at 43 points. For some reason, if it's at 42 and a half or um, you, you, it's going to be a push. So Pittsburgh is favored by seven and a half. So we're going down to the stats. Um, Let's see, points per game. Washington is uh, 24th at 21.9. Pittsburgh is, comes in number six, 28.8. Uh, points allowed per game. Number one, Pittsburgh, 17.1. The Redskins are seventh. Or the Washington football team is seventh at 22.1. Total yards a game. Football team, 26 at 325.3. Pittsburgh comes in at 22nd, 346.5. Passing yards per game, 16th for the Steelers, 24th for the football team. Rushing yards, 25th for the Steelers, 99.1. Football team, 19th, 106.6. Yards allowed per game. Here we get get interesting here. Football team is fourth at 309.5. The Steelers are third at 298.9. Steelers are number one in turnover over differential, plus 12. Washington, 25th. At negative five. I know you talked about it, KG. I'm gonna lay my hands on it a little bit. Um, I think, and I'm not just saying this because Buffalo plays them next week. I think this is gonna be a game where the football team plays them really, really good. But at the end of the day, I think that what the Pittsburgh offense is is dynamic with Juju and the other receiver. I can't think of his name, Chase Clay, who I believe his name is. Mm-hmm. Um what they what they bring to the table with Big Ben and the big playability, I think they're going to squeak out of there by hair. And in Pittsburgh, Heinz Field, I think they're going to squeak out of there by hair. This is going to be another game where I think it's going to be tight. I think the football team is going to play them close. I think Gibson on the ground is going to be dynamic. Alex Smith is going to come in and do his thing. Um, and then, like I said, Washington lacks big playability. So this is not a team where you want to go tick for tack with Big Ben. Big Ben is a big playmaker. Alex Smith isn't. That's what we, we talk about the quarterback differences. When you're looking for big play, big strike ability, Big Ben is one of the names that come up with the offense he has. We don't talk about Alex Smith in the same breath because he's that's not what he does. Um, so this isn't a team you want to go back and forth with. Washington can't afford to do that. So they need to establish Gibson on the ground. They need to control the offense, keep everybody in front of them. And like I said, I think it's going to be tight, but I'm going to give Pittsburgh the edge. I don't think Pittsburgh is going to cover the seven and a half. I don't think Pittsburgh is going to cover the seven and a half. I'm going to say Pittsburgh um, 27, Washington 20. Mm. Mm. Uh, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. Dude, they're going to try to come in. Pittsburgh's going to try to come into this game and stop Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson is the hot, one of the hottest rookies right now in the league. And I, I, I got to give a shout out to the dude because he's making a transition from receiver to running back and tearing up the league, has 10 touchdowns this season. Not only that, J.D. McKissick and uh, Peyton Barber, they're, they're, they're all running hard, which is opening up the passing game, letting Scary Terry, Cam Sims, uh, and those guys get free. And uh, Logan Thomas. I think we're going to see trickeration because I think they're going to load the box thinking they're going to stop Antonio Gibbs. And we are going to pick them the hell apart. Short passing game, Gibbs out the backfield. It's like no matter what, they don't, they're not going to have an answer for it. Alex Smith will throw for over 300 yards in a win on Monday evening. Mm, okay, okay. Bold prediction. It may, you know, come back to haunt me. I don't care. 
I haven't felt this confident in a four and seventeen ever, but I haven't felt this confident about Washington possibly since either 2015 or 2012. Because 2015, we had a lot of comeback wins. And we, we beat a lot of people. But I, I just, I, I feel this. This is uh, this is where it's at. We're going to do it. I'm sorry. Let's, let's go. All right, next and final game on the slate. Uh, we're talking about my Buffalo Bills going to Arizona to play the San Francisco 49ers. 49ers cannot play any more home games at home until further notice due to uh, the COVID-19 outbreak. Um, so, you know, that's that's what they're dealing with there at Arizona. At Buffalo at Arizona a couple of weeks ago had the DeAndre Hawkins, Hell Murray snag a game from them. So they got to go back to that stadium and deal with that. Um, I'm gonna go first since I'm you know I'm already juiced up, ready to go. Um, the 49ers are favored by one point, and uh, the over under is 47 points. We know Buffalo can put some points on the board when they are in rhythm. They are tenth in the league when it comes to points uh, per game, 27.2. The San Francisco 49ers 23.7. Uh, let's see, passing yards a game, the Buffalo Bills are 7th, 268.3. 49ers are 12th at 250.9. Rushing yards, Bills are 22nd, 104.2. The 49ers 16th, 112 uh, three. Um, yards, <laughs> yards allowed a game, Buffalo 21st at 373. 49 or 6 at 315. So something has to give here. Um, you got a 49ers team that's banged up, that's missing a lot of people. Um, and you got a Buffalo team coming in here, still trying to, even though they're 8 and 3, leading the AFC East by one game, they're still trying to establish themselves in the league as a top tier team. You just don't do that uh, three quarters through a season. You have to, you have to prove yourself. And Buffalo. They have the tools. Um, they've won a couple of different types of ways. They should have won the game in Arizona a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Josh Allen came down, uh, clutch, and then they, they lost the game to the to the uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, Hell Murray. Um, so, you know, you, you when you lose, you know, it's good to lose different types of ways. It's good to win different types of ways. It's good to see them have to claw and fight for some of their victories. Um what I will say, the Buffalo Buffalo looks like a team that as the game goes on, they get a little stronger, get a little bit, you know, take more together. So what I see in the beginning of the games are the, the offensive line looks horrendous. That is a weak spot for Buffalo. They're going to have to address via the draft, via free agency. Um, Cody Ford, the left tackle, is out for the season. That was uh, He wasn't there last week. He doesn't make a difference. This this offensive line with him in there was bad. Um, but they let me give them credit because, like I said, as the game goes along, you start seeing them, you know, gel a little bit, making better blocks, making better reads. But they have to find a way to do this in the beginning of the game. Sometimes they start a little slow and, you know, they let teams hang around that shouldn't be hanging around with them with the offense they have. Um, so – I'm, I'm looking forward to this game. Of course, I'm taking my Buffalo Bills to go 9-3 today over the 49ers. I think it's going to be another close game for Buffalo, something they're going to have to call and fight out. Um, you know, what you call them, uh, the 49ers have a coach on the other side, which I love. I love Kyle Shanahan. Absolutely love Kyle Shanahan, what he can do, what he does with the pieces he has. He's an excellent game planner, game manager. And uh, you would think, think once he lost his uh, his starting quarterback, that would have been it for him. But no, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Kyle Shanahan can coach up a quarterback. He can coach up a quarterback. We've seen it. Seen it here live in person. So I'm definitely not discrediting the 49ers today. I just think Buffalo with Josh Allen has is going to have a little bit more firepower. And I'm going to take Buffalo today. Like I said, San Francisco favored by one point. So, going to take Buffalo. I think it's going to be close. 
Uh, I think we're looking at uh, I think we're looking at over 47. I think we're looking at over 47 today. I'm going to go 30 to 30-24, Buffalo. Hmm. Okay. I can't, I can't hate on that because I think Buffalo is going to win this game. I think Buffalo is going to shock a lot of people because they're playing good bowl. So give me Buffalo in this one. Uh, 31-17. Hey, man. Hey, that's it for us. We had a good show. Wait, wait, before we go, because we had a request from last night. Oh, and it's, yeah. This is real quick. I'm sure everybody has seen it by now. The uh, Texas high school football player that tackled the referee. <laughs> he was charged with assault. Yes, he should have been. Um, Held on $10,000 cash or bond. But he also got his team kicked from the damn playoffs. As they should have been. But he, here's my thing. Now, if you're a senior on that team, and I think he was a senior because he's 18 years old, so I'm guessing that he was a senior. I think I would have to go to your house once you got out and beat the shit out of you. This is my last chance to win a high school championship. And you got us kicked from the playoffs. Um, uh, just reading the story, it pisses me off. Because those referees, that's somebody's husband, somebody's father, somebody's grandfather at times. And you go and do that in full pads. Yeah. The People's Choice Don Rodriguez asked that we talked about that. And hey. and go ahead. And, and here's the thing. This is this is something that, you know, it, it, this isn't this isn't new. Right now, we're living in a time where everything that happens is on social media instantly. All right, this is a, a hothead kid. This is this is they already know he's a hothead. This just doesn't happen. Okay, they already knew this kid was a hothead. You know, I'm sure if we go back to watch whatever games they have on tape, you can see signs of it. So I don't know what happened to lead up to him you know, blindsiding the referee, whatever happened, it was definitely uncalled for. And I was sitting here thinking about it when, when Kevin said that they, they banned the team from the playoffs. Now, now I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that because like you said, you have seniors on that team, um, people that's playing their last game, people that, you know, probably, you know, whatever for you know, cause they, they canceled a lot of high school sports across the country once COVID start, you know, hitting. So these players are eager to get out there, get back to playing, excited to play, but you can't let one bad apple spoil it for the whole team. Um, if you want to punish them a different way, you know, I would, I would do that. I would definitely, like everything they did to the kid that blindside, I, I agree with. He should be charged. He should be, you know, he's 18, should be charged as an adult, Okay. I don't want to hear he's a kid. I don't want to hear any of that. Consequences for your reactions. And this is what this society has lost. The, the slaps on the wrist and you have people that, you know, walk around think, you know, oh, I got slapped on the wrist the first time. That's how it's going to be. I can do whatever I want. Got to set a tone. You got to make an example. And not even just to make an example. This was wrong. This is wrong. I don't know, KG, did they say if the, the referee had any injuries? They said there's no update on his condition right now. But the reason why this kid tackled the referee because he had two penalties called against him. One was an unsportsmanlike conduct that got him ejected from the game. So he lost it and decided to tackle the referee. Yeah, and see, that's the – yeah, I mean, look – um. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with this kid. Whatever punishment they dish out for this kid probably can't be enough. Nope. You know, it, because like I said, that's that's something that can never happen. That can't happen. Um, so it, it was disgusting to see it. And 
The only thing I don't agree with is them punishing the entire team. Agreed. Them punishing unless unless now the team has a track record of being a dirty team. Now we don't like I said I don't we don't have everything in front of us. So if this track if this team has been playing, they have a track record of being dirty. They've been warned. Now, okay, I understand why you're banning the whole team. But if it's just this kid in this moment losing his cool, don't punish the whole team. You know, don't punish the whole team. We might need to do a uh, – we're going to talk off air. But, yeah, don't punish the whole team. And, you know, something that uh, we talked about last night, and, you know, we talked about it briefly. This kid, you know, the Nubian Sumo was like, yo, that might be the end of his career. And then we thought about it and said, no. said, look at uh, LeGarrette Blunt. He punched a play in the mouth, and now what, he got three Super Bowl rings? Two Super Bowl rings? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, you, I you know, some scouts going to say, well, you know, yeah, he did that, but he has fire. He has moxie. You know, he could play the game with, with, with intensity. You know, he got a few off the field issues, but he's still a good kid. You know, that's not no character flaw. Oh, so it, 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 he'll still wind up in, on somebody's college team. And nine times out of ten, three to four years from now, he'll wind up in the NFL. You think so? I know so. Because the thing is, people don't see it as a a problem. They see that as, oh, yeah, well, he's got fire. You hit an official. That's illegal. You hit a defenseless person. Yeah, we know how sports is and giving people chances. And look, I believe in second chances and stuff, but like, like this is already a red flag. This is already a red flag. If you can't handle yourself in high school, you're going to go to the next level where people are bigger, stronger, faster than you. You know, if, if it, it doesn't have to be a referee. What if somebody's getting the best of him all game, tossing them around? Now you got to worry about, you know, what he's going to do. Like, I just – I couldn't – it's so many other kids out here that play the game the right way that – I could take over this kid. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I just couldn't do it, KG. I, I couldn't do it. I feel the same way, and I, I, I agree with you. I don't agree that the, 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 the whole team should be punished for the actions of one guy. And they were trying to stop him. They were trying to hold him back, and he broke free, and boom. So, whew. is that all we got, KG? That's all we got. We got to get ready for the NFL pregame show. I'm uh, watching Sunday Countdown. I need to go to the store, pick up some bread so I can make some breakfast. But uh, I, you, you, you down for postgame? You know, maybe I, I say, you know, let's go after the one and the fools. Let's go about 7 o'clock. That could work. That could work. We could try to do get a postgame in tonight and okay. recap, recap some stuff. Right, because I'm trying. I'm trying to get my picks in now, and don't and like you know we're not sponsored by Bookie Sports, but like you know we're on Bookie Sports, you know making our picks and stuff. So definitely join us. Um, it's fun. I finally got KG on there. He he kind of tore it up last week. I think ain't you over sixty percent far as winning percentage? Yes, sir. I am. I am currently okay. sitting at twenty two and thirteen, sixty two point nine winning percentage. So. Uh, and I bet every NFL game last week, I think I would have won $3,800. I think that's what they said. So I'm I'm down with that. Um, I'm going to get my picks in this week, see if I can continue my winning ways. And uh, put it this way. You listen to this show. Next week, you want to know who to bet on. You need to listen to us. <laughs> because I, I, I told the guys this last night. In a, in a message, and I'll tell everybody listening. Junie's 116-60-1 on the season. BJ's 114-62-1. Myself and Jim, 113-63-1. Delonte was eight games behind everybody. He didn't close the gap to where he's only four games off the lead at 
we're already above 100 games. We win most weeks, at least out of five of us. We all win nearly 10 games every week. You want to know who to bet on. You need to listen to sideline junkies. We are the ones that can tell you who to bet on. You want that money? We got you. Unless something fluke happened, then it ain't our fault. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, that is all our time. We just gave you a nice hot hour. So, with that being said, that's the boss, BJ. I'm the big guy, KG. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here. Peace out.